Gospel, chapter 5. <laughs> Hallelujah. Chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading verse 37 and read verse 37 through verse 40. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, I'm sure glad you got a chance to see me today. Hallelujah. And then turn around to the opposite side and say, I'm the prettiest thing you're going to see all day. <laughs> uh, there, Brother Kenneth, there's a reason for me having y'all do that because now I know the altar's got to be full when I get through preaching. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. John chapter 5, verses 37 through 40. And the Father himself who has sent me has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. And you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent, uh, for whom he has sent him you believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them you think. Notice that. He didn't say that they did. He says, you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come to you today. We thank you and we praise you, God, for this service thus far for the Spirit. We thank you, God, for all that have assembled together, especially our visitors that are here today. We appreciate them so much. And now, Lord, I'm asking for the next few moments to anoint me to bring forth a word and the message you'd have us to, uh, to hear today, and that every heart will be lifted up, encouraged, and changed by your mighty power and grace. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. And you can be seated. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus told the Pharisees to search the Scriptures. He says, For in them you think you've got eternal life. And then he said, and these scriptures are, are the ones that testify of me, but you will not come to me that you might have life. I want to speak to you for the next few minutes on a subject titled, Knowing the Book, but not the author of the book. Knowing the book, but not the author of the book of the book. I've got a group here of three books that I quickly just pulled out um, of my office as I came in here this morning. Uh, and I have more than these on this man. Uh, the author of these books is Max Licato. And um, he is one of my favorite uh, Christian authors. Uh, he has penned some mighty powerful work, and uh, I would highly recommend uh, any of his books to you for, for your uh, extra study. No wonder they call him Savior, Max Licato, just like Jesus uh, on the anvil. That's a rough one. On the anvil. Hallelujah. Um, as I said, I've got several of his books. There's not too many. He's 
written that I haven't uh, purchased. There, there are some that I haven't got yet, but uh, I have a lot of his books. And um, I know what these books say. I know how they read because I've read them. But so I know the books, but I don't know the author of the books. Now, I know his name is Max Licato, and, and you can open up most of his books, and you can, you can um, see a, and read a brief uh, bio of him uh, telling a little bit uh, about his life and, uh, and um, uh, what he does, a uh, uh, former pastor and, uh, and, and like that. But even after reading those bi- uh, uh, bios of him, I, uh, I have to say, I know of him, but I don't know him because I've never personally met him. Uh, and uh, there's a big, big difference in knowing about somebody and really knowing them. And, uh, and that's what I want to talk about in talking about knowing the book, but not the author of the book. The invention of movable type and the printing press literally revolutionized the way that we copied and compiled books. Um, they was just on papyrus leaves and, and made up into road scrolls. The Holy Bible was the first composition printed in book form when they invented the printing press, the Bible was the very first book ever printed. They used it when, uh, once the uh, printing press was, was uh, uh, printed. Uh, and um, it has remained a bestseller since day one. Now, today, virtually everybody knows what the Bible is, regardless of whether they attend church or not. Knowledge of the Bible is widespread throughout the entire world. I mean, anybody you work with, it doesn't matter if they profess to be a Christian or go to attend church anywhere. When you mention the Bible, you know, they've heard about it. They, they, they know of the Bible. Uh, everybody knows of the Bible. Now, in the days of Jesus, the religious, we'll call them the religious elite, took pride in knowing the Scriptures. They would even bind certain parts of the law to their bodies and wear it. They had these wooden box containers. Uh, I, I won't uh, uh, attempt to try to pronounce that word they are called, and, 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 and they would fold them up and they would put them inside there and wear them and with a band around their forehead and on their wrist and everything. I mean, boy, they took great pride and what they called the, uh, the Holy uh, uh, Scriptures. They knew the book, but they didn't know the author of the book. Because if they knew the author of the book, then they would have never crucified Jesus Christ. It was the religious people that uh, was at fault in that. They thought that their knowledge of the book would bring them eternal life. That's what Jesus meant when he says, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think. I've heard people take that and, and, and teach wrong from it, preach from it. 
Jesus was not saying there that eternal life was in the Scriptures. He said, in them you think you have eternal life. He said, and they, they are, these are they who testify about me. They thought that the knowledge that they had of the book would bring them eternal life. But knowing the book is not what saves you. Hallelujah. The devil knows the book probably better more than any of us here. Hallelujah. Amen. Knowing the book is not what saves us. To be saved, you must know the one who authored the book. Can you say amen? And that is none other than Jesus Christ. He is the author. And what I mean by knowing him is to have a personal, intimate encounter with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. There are people sitting in church pews in some churches today who will run down the people walking on the street, but the people walking on the street know just as much about the Bible as what they do. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to understand something today. You you come into a church house and sitting in a church building does not no more make you a Christian and make you saved than you going out and taking a chair and sitting in a garage makes you a Ford. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not enough to know the book. We've got to know the author of the book. And what I mean by know is we've got to have a personal, intimate encounter. Hallelujah. Just about every crusade that Billy Graham conducted in those great big meetings around the world with that massive choir behind him singing, Just As I Am, he said many, many times there were several... We'll have to put the song books down as they were singing, just as I am, and get out of the choir loft and go around and stand out front on the grass of the football fields and the stadiums because even though they were singing in the choir, even though some of them had shaken a preacher's hand and their name is on a church book somewhere and they've been doing all that stuff for many years, yet they've never had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And that's sad, folks. That's sad. Because knowing the book is not what is going to give us what we need. I am imploring you today that you don't need just to know the Bible. You don't need just to come to church and sit, amen, and, and go along with the worship or, or, or drop some money in the offering pan when it goes around. But what I'm telling you, you need to be personally introduced to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's not what your mama did or your daddy did. It's not what your grandmama did or nobody else. But you have got to stand. There's an old song that they used to sing years ago. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That, uh, amen. I'm on my way to Cannon's Land and I've got to make it all by myself. you got to make it for yourself, folks. You can't depend on somebody else doing it for you. 
Hallelujah. I want to talk briefly and share a couple of points with you concerning this knowing Jesus, knowing the author of this book and what it's all about. You see, there are some signs to let you know uh, that, um, that, that intimacy has taken place. Between intimacy, intimacy produces fruit. I said intimacy produces fruit. In the book of Genesis, chapter 4 and verse 1, a verse of Scripture that we all know well about Adam and Eve, and, in, and, and it says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. And Adam knew Eve. Hallelujah. I want to to talk on that just briefly and touch on that just briefly. When you look at this passage, even in the original King James, if you don't have a a modern translation that brings the words down into, uh, into, into modern English, even when you look at it, and the King James Version, it's like up on the screen, you know that when it says, and Adam knew Eve his wife, that it meant something more than he had knowledge about her because someone had told him who she was, or maybe they may have just, he met her as they passed each other while walking down a flowery path in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. You see, Adam knew... Or Adam had knowledge of Eve ever since he woke up after the rib surgery God performed on him and said, and he saw Eve for the first time. He said, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I mean, he had known her ever since that time. But now this is something different. This phrase, amen, and Adam knew Eve. This word new here, amen, amen, it reveals to us that there was an intimate relationship that had taken place. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, and the fruit came from that when she conceived. Now, this intimate encounter between husband and wife, that, um, and that intimacy produced fruit. Church, when you become intimately acquainted with Jesus, there will be fruit to come from that relationship which will reveal you are a child of God. When John the Baptist came preaching in the in the wilderness and baptizing people, everybody came from everywhere and wanted him to duck them under in the Jordan River. He said, but wait a minute, I want, you, you, need, you can't just come expecting me just to baptize you so you can be part of the baptized crowd. Amen. He said, you've got to bring me some fruit and meat for repentance. Show me something to prove that you've repented. Show me something that you have had, amen, a personal contact with Jesus Christ. Because there's still too many people think right now that all you've got to do is get wet in water and all your problems will be over Getting ducked in water is not what saves you. Hallelujah. If you've never met Jesus, you've never repented of your sins, amen, and had that relationship with the only change is when you go down, you go down a dry devil. When you come up, you come up a dripping wet devil. Hello, somebody. you got to 
have a heart change. It's got to be a heart transplant. Hallelujah. When you are intimately acquainted with Jesus, it's going to be fruit to come from that to reveal that you are a child of God. Now, don't get me wrong what I'm saying here, but this has nothing to do with you walking around town with a picture of fish painted on a sign hung around your neck. Hallelujah. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not talking about you running around and screaming out there about it and say, Hey, I, I'm a Christian. Hallelujah. And like I said, maybe with a fish or whatever, whatever it might be, this is not what it's about. This is not what I'm talking about. But it has everything to do with you having a desire in your heart to live your life pleasing to the Lord. Hallelujah. There's something that's transpired when you, be, when you begin to know the author of the book. Because before you know the author of the book, you're, 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 you're just self-centered. But once you know the author of the book, once you have been intimately acquainted with him, then you, you, you don't know, you're no longer self-centered, but you're Christ-centered. Hallelujah. It's not about, not about you no more. It's not about doing things that pleases you, but it's about doing things that pleases Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's not about giving you glory, but about giving Him glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So you notice there's some fruit there. You, uh, you got a desire in your heart. That song Darlene sang sometime, it's my desire. Hallelujah. You got a desire now that you want to please the Lord. And listen to me, church. Not because you are living right to be saved, because you don't live right to be saved, but rather you are trying to live right because you are saved by the grace and power of God. Somebody hear me now. It's not good works, amen. You don't do good works, amen, to get saved, but you do good works because you are saved. There's a big difference. Hallelujah. Amen. It's part of that intimate relationship. Amen. The Bible don't tell you that that you have to uh, quit uh, clubbing or quit doing this or quit doing that. But you're going to find out that once you have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ... He's going to give you something better than what you've ever had before, and you're going to want Him more than you're going to want all that other. Hallelujah. Just like that, uh, it's just like that individual that, if I'm not mistaken, somebody might be able to tell me if I'm wrong. That time Brother Carl was preaching a revival, and, and uh, those uh, bikers came. I mean, man, you, you, you could tell by looking at them, they were bikers. And they came forward and said, you know, we, uh, we would uh, do what you said, repent and, uh, and do all this. He says, but uh, uh, we still want to do all this stuff. We have to quit that. So, we, you know, Brother Carl says, hey, I'll promise you, if you start following the Lord, you, you give your life to the Lord. He said, he said, you, he said you, you do what you want to do. They said, really? He said, yeah. He said, all right, then. That's a good deal. But you know what? They were meant business when they gave the heart to God. And when he come back through, 
about a year or so later, that same church preaching a revival, some fellows walked up to him after church that he couldn't recognize because guys that, that did have their hair hanging down here in a big long ponytail and, uh, and, and, and a bunch of other, other stuff about them, they were, uh, you know, it was all cut off. They were, they were, they were cleaned up and everything, and he, he didn't recognize them. And he, t- he told him, says, brother, says, you, de- you deceived us. He says, what do you mean? He said, we're the ones that, sh- that y'all um, and the pastor baptized last year. We come into the church. You told us that we start serving the Lord. We could do what we wanted to. So the problem was that we didn't want to do all that other stuff no more. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I've got something better to offer you. Hallelujah. He said, I've got something better for you. Hallelujah. we got something a whole lot better. Right now, you're receiving a whole lot more this morning than what they was receiving over, over there at the Grand Ole Opera last night. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. There's things in here that can change your life, folks. Make a difference in your life. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, Brother Sammy, I'm, I'm still got a desire to do this and do that. and and uh, But, you know, I've been reading the book for a long time. Going to, There you go again. You see, the problem is you've been learning the book, but you ain't been you hadn't been acquainted with the author of the book because that's what the difference is. That's where the difference is. I need to move on. The author reveals the secrets of his book. You see, there there is something about knowing the author of the book. A lot of people read the Bible, but they don't they don't understand what a flip what the book says. They can't, they can't figure it out. And there's a reason behind that. And I'm going to tell you, there are some secrets hid within the book of God. There are some secrets there that just the average reader cannot pick up and read and figure out. You've got to know the author of the book before you can really say you really know the book and what it's all about. Because the author will reveal the secrets of his book. The Scriptures are love letters from Jesus to his engaged bride-to-be. Did you know that? That's really what the Bible is. The Bible is, 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 is a composition of love letters that Christ has written to his engaged bride-to-be. Hallelujah. Man, I... I, I can remember when Sister Donna and I was going, going together, we, we, got to, we got to sending one another's uh, uh, letters, you know, the love letters, back and forth all the time. Man, I just, man, I, I couldn't hardly wait. I, I'd open up, uh, open up that envelope, and I'd pull out that letter, and first thing I'd do, I, I, I'd sniff, see if I can smell any perfume or anything like that, you know. Hallelujah. And then I'd start reading, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, and you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but just something about that. Uh, those letters just kind of just kept me glued to them. Hallelujah. Amen. Because my heart had been smitten. Hallelujah. I came over here. I came over here in October 1970 and preached Brother Hell of revival in the month of October 1970. Preached revival. Uh, started on Wednesday night, and then then on then on Friday night after after service, she come up and uh, she said, let me know she was one of the youth leaders of the church and everything. And since I was an evangelist here preaching and everything, I about 
me coming over to her and her mom and dad's house this Sunday after service uh, for dinner. And so I went over there, and, man, she fixed me her, her uh, recipe for uh, uh, paprika chicken, and that was it. Boy, I was smitten. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But 37 years, will soon be 37, the 15th of June, after, after the wedding, Brother Paul, somewhere along the line, she lost that recipe for paprika chicken. Hallelujah. The Bible is a love letter written from Christ to His future bride. Hallelujah. And He reveals the hidden wisdom that those who only know the book can never see or understand. I'm going I'm to bring you one more scripture before I close. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to begin to read in verse 7, and we're going to read down through verse 14. And I want you to look look close, either on the screen or from your own Bibles, to what's, well, what the Apostle Paul here said. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world and to our glory. God's got, let me just stop and tell you, God's got some hidden wisdoms in His book that everybody just opens up and just try to look at, can't find, they can't understand, they can't perceive it. Hallelujah. I mean, there's, give you an example. I mean, in the book of Revelation, you'll find some cold language. Amen. Kind of written almost in a code that, you got what in the world's going on here? What's what's this cold? You know, and remember now, like I said, it's this is a this is a love letter. It was back during those days that Sister Darlene and I was sending those love letters back to one another. It was through those love letters that we come up with a special word of our own for love. And when we use that word, we I, I love you. When that word was written down. If I wrote it, she knew what I was talking about. And you know what? must have been pretty good because, you know, like I said, after seven years, we still use that today more than we use the word love itself. Amen. And God's got some hidden things in His love letters to, the, to His people and to His church. He said, Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, neither ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I'm going to take you further now. You've heard Pastor quote that scripture a lot. And everybody else says, you know, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But I want to show you something, the importance of, of, of reading above and below every Scripture to get the full meaning there. That don't, that don't mean that nobody knows what God's got going on. Take up that next verse. Verse 10. But God hath, what? Revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Spirit. 
Now, when you hear pastors say, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of men. That's right. The heart of men out there in the world, people who haven't had a personal relationship, it ain't in their heart, but it's in your heart if you got the Spirit of God because it's revealed to you, sweetheart. Lord, it God, God has revealed it by His Spirit. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Hallelujah. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, compared spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, People who only know the book and don't know the author of the book does not understand what the book is really all about. Because a lot of people out there, they'll open up the book and say, well, that book is all about hate. Because it talks about, you know, uh, various things that uh, that God's going to bring judgment on. But when you know the author of the book, you know that God is about love and forgiveness. And you know that He says He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. When you know the author of the book, then, Brother Bible, you don't have to worry about standing in judgment to a, to a mean, revengeful God. We don't have, we don't have to go through that. I, you know, Roman, Romans 8, 8 and 1 says, Unto them who are in Christ Jesus, there is no more condemnation. Hallelujah. So, church, what Jesus has got to offer you today is mercy, love, forgiveness, and it's all through His grace. Not because you deserve any of it, because you and me does not deserve nothing that God gives us. Hallelujah. Nobody has a right to hold up their noses and look down on another individual because we're all creatures of God. We all are God's children. We all are part of God's family. And the Bible said we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we don't have no right to try to have a judgmental attitude about somebody else. Jesus Christ himself told him, he says, I didn't come to condemn the world, but I come that the world might have life through me. Brother Darrell, I want you to come and get ready to sing. Hallelujah. I come that you may have life. As I'm closing today, church, and maybe there, there, there might be uh, some in here today that's not in the church. And by, by that I mean you've never repented of your sins. You've never uh, come to know Jesus Christ personally in an intimate way. You've never uh, really known. You haven't known God. You haven't been intimately acquainted 
I want you to know that you can you don't have to leave here to live that way. You can walk you can walk out of this place knowing he's walking with you and he can also walk out here right in you. Hallelujah. Praise the holy name of Jesus. That's a beautiful thing, church. Amen. So let's not be a part of those who just know about the book. Let's know the author of the book. Let's get acquainted with him. Because when we get acquainted with him, our total lives will change. Stand with us, if you will. The altars are open. If you need to come to kneel and pray, we've got some prayer warriors here that will be glad to come. Ladies and men both who will come and kneel beside you and pray with you, whatever your need may be. Brother Darrell. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Just as.